so hey, how do we feel about starting the podcast? I want to talk about Disney Princess. What are our thoughts more? on that? So hi, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is um Adeline McMurray. My name is Keisha Rhodes, and this is the first time we've done saying our names for a little while. Yeah, yeah I don't know why we did that. I, I'm very self-conscious about it because we haven't for a while, and every I notice it every time I'm editing the show. And now I'm like, uh, we should probably do that because it's kind of important. People should know what our names are. Uh, this is uh, No Nerds Allowed. It's a podcast that's about movies. <clears throat> We talked about a lot of stuff, though. We get this twice. Let me, let me, let me just make sure I've got the the marker capability on on Premiere. I do. Okay. So uh, this movie, this this podcast episode this week mm-hmm. is about, about this film, Godzilla. And every time I'm saying the word Godzilla, I'm making a mark on my audition file so I know where to go back and bleep it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. couldn't hear that because it's being bleeped out, it's the big, the big lizard, the man. king of you the know, lizards, the, the king big of the boy. biggest lizard. Yeah, you know he that movie that's about a big boy. It's that one. Yeah, think you of you a know, big boy. Clifford. Movie. What if he was <laughs> <No>. a lizard? <laughs> Clifford uh, the lizard. Clifford the lizard. So we've now in, in preparation for Big Boy versus Kong. We have now covered all of the other legendary kaiju movies. Not that I'm not saying these movies are legendary. It's the name of the production company. Uh, all of the legendary kaiju movies in reverse order. Cause the first one we did was King of the monsters like a year ago. And then yeah. we did Kong skull Island. And now we're doing the original big boy movie. And mm-hmm. it, in preparation for Big Boy versus Kong. So, yeah. you know, like if somebody's like, if I make a playlist on the YouTube channel that's like, oh, Big Boy talk, it's going to be an interesting listening experience, listening to us move backwards through time. <laughs> it is. Well, because honestly, if you want my honest opinion, Kong Skull Island is definitely the best one. Yeah, definitely, though, like, definitely right? the best one. Yeah. Like, definitely, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> I think but okay. I do I would say Kong kind of has like the upper hand when it comes to that cuz it always comes with like a ooh we're going to a weird island and what's going to happen on this island Yeah the, it it's nice that it's a smaller zone that I have to worry about and right. less people cuz I feel like there was like a, there was like a moment in like the 2012 era where we were like really into, and I don't have any evidence to back this up, so just fucking trust <laughs> it's me. It's the feeling. <laughs> it's the feeling of like we were like super into like the uh, huge population. Everybody like ten billion civilians just get fucking stepped on and explode and whatever. Like I feel like that was definitely a thing because there was like the 2012 movie that was about the world ending, and you had this movie that came out in 2013 or 14. We still don't know. It was 14. And then you had like it was 14. And then you had like uh, Superman. Yeah, Man of Steel. Uh, I mean, Avengers kind of feels like that, too. Well, the Avengers is nice because they're actively trying to save the civilians. But, like, we definitely had a moment where it's like, we're really into, like, huge disaster movies where everybody just fucking dies. And I don't, and not like, not like all the important characters die, but, like, just where everybody, fucking everybody dies. And I don't Except for the main character. I think, yeah, I think I this movie like is a little they bit more. Me out. I think this movie is a little bit more restrained than it needs to be. I think this movie, at least before the final act, there's a lot of stuff where it's like very limited destruction, but you like really feel the scope of it, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, oh god, like stepped on this one building, and it's framed in such a way where you're like, fuck, like that entire building and everybody inside just got squunched. Yeah. And. Las Vegas. Yeah. And like and I wrote down in my notes, I was like, I really like how restrained it is with the with the carnage. And then the big final set piece happens and God just absolutely annihilates San Francisco and you're just like, well, yeah, yeah, but that's, even that's even that. still like walking through like first of all, Hawaii gone. Hawaii's gone. It's yeah. not there anymore. But like also like Nevada and stuff. Like because he leaves it's not just God stepped on this one building, it's God made a trail straight through yeah. Nevada. Like, he it's, left carnage I feel like in it's... his wake, but he doesn't, like, blow up the whole city. He's just, well, like, yeah, but you know... I just, It's filmed as a disaster movie, 
Which, in I, some ways, I really like. I kind of think it's cool that, like, people are just kind of following the monsters around. Because, like, as soon as they destroy something, they're gone. And they can immediately start helping, which I think is kind of fun. And in that kind of way, I like that it's more of, like, a, a disaster movie where it's just, like... This, all this shit's fucking gone, and now we gotta help everybody. Like, right. I think that's cool. But... <sighs> I, I think it's really funny, at the end of the movie, you see the TV, and they're like, Scaly boy saved our city! <laughs> our He's favorite the king boy. of the monster! We love yeah, him. that's a little weird. Our favorite boy! Yeah. And like, like, everybody's, like, applauding <laughs> and whistling as he gets up yeah. from the dead. Yeah. And it's like, like, no, he... You know, he didn't do that. I mean, it is framed that it's like, Godzilla is saving us san francisco skins i don't know what you call yourself when you're from san francisco but san like francisco I, it's, I don't think that god was like i gotta save the humans i gotta save my prime directive. fleshy friends like i don't know the only reason that the what are they called maracas not that they said it a bunch of times the i mudos? did retain what the big mudos the mutos so like mutos yeah they Massive were... unidentified terrestrial organism. Okay, okay. Well, well what's, they the, were what's the name bad. of the bad guy from uh, uh, from Bionicle? Oh, Makuda. <laughs> Makuda. <laughs> That's what they're like. Uh, but they're just they're bad guys just because they're trying to reproduce. I don't know. Yeah. Just, their babies are gonna be too big. They're gonna have too many big babies. So okay. I don't know, but it's not like Godzilla's like I gotta save the humans. These guys are garbage. I want bad, bad lizard. I These are scales. the bad ones, and right. I'm the good guy. I want to contextualize my viewing of this movie today a little bit because this is my are first time kidding? actually sitting down and watching this movie. Um, oh, for real? Yeah, it's one of these movies that's like been on my list forever. And I've like never quite gotten around to it, but, so, but so a lot of the like critics I follow really avidly love this movie. There's like a contingent of people, especially in the like critical community. Obviously, not like all of them, but like a, a very particular subset that think of this movie as like one of the great blockbusters of the last decade. You know. And uh, did they, I've did never they watch quite, Kong? and so that's, so here's a review that has sort of rung in my head forever. This isn't like a published review. This is David Ehrlich just on his Letterboxd account doing, uh, you know, his own personal social media stuff. But his own thing, you know. His review says, one of the most satisfying, well-paced, and beautifully directed blockbusters since Jurassic Park. A genuine spectacle of humility. Many complaining that <clears throat> many are complaining that the film abandons interest in its characters, but the perils of human egocentrism in the face of a global crisis is the entire point. Genuinely registers as the first post-human blockbuster. I almost feel like people okay. have been conditioned to the explosive banality of contemporary temples, but if any $200 million monster movie is going to feel like a throwback, this is as fitting a choice as any. So that was what I went into this movie with, right? I like, disagree about a lot of those points. Yeah. And, like, the, just that phrase, that phrase, the first post-human blockbuster, like, really was rattling around in my head. And, like, I just had such high expectations for this thing, especially considering, like, how much I like Gareth Edwards as a director, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, like, I think this movie's fine. I think it's all right. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really get anything that David Ehrlich said in that review. None of that really rang true uh, no, with me by the time I actually watched it. It seems like a lot of like gimmicky explosions. Well, and, like, like, what is the point? Uh, like, what would a post-human blockbuster be? Because who is watching who watch blockbusters? <laughs> Who's paying for the tickets and making the blockbusters besides humans? <laughs> Well, I guess I, they, uh, they do have AIs writing scripts now, so... I don't know if he but means... Actually actually that's the thing. That's the kicker. <laughs> I think he means just in terms of the content of the movie and that the characters sort of take a backseat. Has he seen Finding Nemo? like, this whole thing. Well, well but, like, I feel yeah. like, there, like there are so many movies that are, like, the hubris of man and the military is bad. Like, I feel like that's a very common narrative, especially in a big blockbuster like this, of, like, 
oh, the military thinks that they could just solve a problem with a gun, but da da, no, they get, they don't understand. Like, I feel like that's super common, you know? Right. It is funny to see, like, they are literally like, okay, so these 300-foot monsters, they eat radiation, okay? <laughs> right. And they're like... We gotta bomb them. We gotta use those nukes we on gotta, them. But and it's like, a okay. trick. They're gonna be attracted to the bomb, but then they're gonna. But then it's a bomb. And it's like, <laughs> but they already <laughs> you, know you don't that. get it, sir. Yeah, and it's like That's a there weird. was never a point of learning where they're like, oh yeah, they eat these things. We're like basically just throwing peanuts at them. <laughs> they're like, we gotta try again. Yeah. What if we try again really without electricity this time? <laughs> And like, oh yeah, it's still a peanut for eating. But I do think it's weird that that other scientist guy is just like, God has got to do it. We got to let God fight the yeah, guy. Yeah, like, from the beginning, they're like, just let God do it. It's like, well, no, <laughs> I don't want to put all my trust in the big scaly monster man. So maybe yeah, we I should mean, be doing. We're not something, on the same just team. Be doing something smarter. <laughs> and I but think nature that found a way. I think so it did, and it and its name was God. <laughs> I really like a lot of the stuff in the final act of this movie. I think especially, Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked a lot about this in the Rogue One episode without Keisha because we didn't like her yet. But Mm -mm. um, like Gareth Edwards has an eye for scale in a way that few other blockbuster directors do. Because he was a special effects animator by trade before he started, you know, helming these movies. And... I think that there are moments in this movie that, much like in Rogue One, there are moments in this movie where I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm even seeing this right now. Like, this is so wild. Like, I think about yeah. the bit where they're all jumping out of the planes with the flares, like, landing on yeah. from the sky yeah, is so great. Cool. Into the smoke. Yeah. And the moment where, like, the uh, there's that moment where they're on the train and the power's out, and the power comes on, and it takes you a second before you realize that the monster's on the tracks ahead of them, and then yeah. the train just starts moving towards the monster because it's, like, automatic. It's like, oh, fuck, no, whoa! Yeah, I think it's so it's good. super cool. And he has, like, he is so great at crafting these little moments every once in a while where, like, the, the circumstances and the effects and the way that it's blocked and choreographed and shot is so perfectly married, you can't help but be like, fuck, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. But everything that is not like that is kind of boring in this movie. I don't really like it very mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw this movie in theaters when it came out. Right. You know, blockbuster season in the summertime. <laughs> but when I watched it, I was like, yeah, that's really cool. That's pretty cool. And then when I watched it today... I was like, oh, it's really hard when there are a ton of distractions and I'm watching it on my computer and it's bright outside. And I think I'd rather be w- taking a walk than watching this right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't or I'll just go on my phone until, to. until the monsters show up. Or like not only just like the monster showing up, but like when there's something that feels like worth watching and engaging. Right. Because it, it does, it, it ebbs and flows a yeah. lot. Where I'm like, eh. It does this thing Who? where we'll be at night and like a monster is attacking and then we'll do a sudden cut today, which I think is really cool because it's more of that like disaster movie thing, like the morning after disaster, blah, blah, blah. Right. I think that's cool. But there's so many of those dark at night scenes where I just can't see fucking anything that's going on. It's like, I know there's a big monster and I know he's doing something. Maybe the darkness on my TV was just like up too much, but like there's a lot of scenes where like it's just dark and there's just things like moving, you know? Right. And yeah, I mean, this whole movie, I don't think, I don't think, like the entire first part of this movie, I mean, that's like the classic complaint. That's like the only thing I ever hear anybody say about this movie is like, God is barely in it, right? Like, God is only in it for really, like, 15 minutes of it. Which I always thought was just people being assholes about it. But now that I've actually seen it for myself, I realize I'm like, yeah, God is barely in it. And I don't necessarily need for God to be in the whole movie, but what I do need is for more interesting, exciting things to be happening the rest of the time, and they mm-hmm. just 
aren't because the whole first act of this movie is like a like a conspiracy thriller which sounds cool when yeah. i say it like that but it's mostly not really that interesting you know no well i think and also like by the time they are like yeah godzilla's here full in the flesh it's like there's 20 minutes left in the movie maybe but they've already showed him like his full body you know because there is the classic like ooh, there's his feet stomping and you see the eyeball and you see the spikies but you don't see the whole thing but we saw it halfway through the movie and then they went back and they're like right hidden behind a building here's the doors closing and you see him for a second but then they, and then they don't show the actual action. Then they cut to the next day. And you're like, I guess there are still people who are alive, hopefully. Right. But we didn't see anything happen, so see, we don't really know. I think that this movie, because obviously it's doing it on purpose, right? It's not like they wrote this mm-hmm. script and they were like, oh, shoot, we forgot to put in it. They're like going out yeah. of their way to be very patient you know they're like building it up and making you want it before they give you fucking god and i think that that's not an inherently bad idea but i think if i were putting this movie together i would Uh, honestly i think a better move because what's infuriating about the movie is that god shows up like at the beginning of the second act for like a second and then he's like swimming for another forty-five minutes, and they're like <laughs> yeah. swimming, and you like, like don't how, see him. How again. long would it take you to get from Hawaii to San Francisco well, right. just swimming? Probably a long time. <laughs> My point buddy. is, is like I would much rather he like didn't show up at all until the third act, right? If like you yeah. hit like the hour and twenty-minute point of the movie, and all of a sudden it's like he's here, he's stepping on guys, like, and it was like all at once, like they just pull out all the stops. I mean, like they kind of do in the movie, but like. It's so infuriating when it feels like you've already been shown him and then you're just waiting for him to show up again, you know? Oh, like imagine if they, because like the map goes from Japan, Hawaii, San Francisco. Right. So imagine they're leaving Japan, they're going to Hawaii and they're like, there's a monster here. We know it. And then they're like tracking Godzilla too, and he they're like, Well we'll intercept him in Hawaii. And he they get there, the other monsters there, and he oh my gosh, he didn't show up and there's still carnage happening, what's going on? And then they realize that he was always going towards Nevada, San Francisco, because he had the sense more than they did. They got outsmarted. They're like, we thought we could catch him, but we can't. <laughs> nature, we can't control nature. Right, we right. We can't predict her. That's what. That's how I would have changed it. Boom. There uh, you go. Yeah. I think you still do your teases. <laughs> I think what's specifically infuriating for me, like why it feels like, it's because the movie's fucking called. <laughs> that is the title of the film, <laughs> and the fact that he's not in there is infuriating because that is that's what the movie's called. He should be in the, his own movie more. But like, also, it's because we see so much of the two other monsters we see so much of them and right. we spend so much time like oh this one is born and the other one's born and then they're walking this way and then they're like oh that one's a female that's a male like we spend so much time just like hyper fixating on these other two monsters so much more than god so when god does barely show up it's like why why? God's <laughs> just gonna kill these two other a-holes. Why does it matter? Right. Why are we here, you know? And I'm trying to think what I would do. Because I think in the back of my head, if I were in charge, I would be like, I like the idea of making people wait for it. I want God mm-hmm. to only show up in the third act. But, like, that means you have to be conscientious of that. You have to be like, what am I gonna do in the meantime to make people want it and to keep them interested in the movie at large, right? And I don't think Brian Cranston going around talking to Japanese military people is it, chief. But that's, yeah. here's <laughs> the thing, is that back in 2014, like, Brian Cranston was just hot off of Breaking Bad. Right. And people were psyched and stoked to see Brian Cranston in a big lizard movie. And, and, then, and then he just died and didn't do anything. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> which is another nitpick, but I think that, like, that also deterred a lot of audiences, and they're like, well, I thought that we were following Brian Cranston. I thought he was the main character, and 
They psychoed me, but not really because he had nothing to do and his death was weird. Right. Yeah, they just killed, because they start off as that thriller of, like, we think this is a cover-up and we're going to find out what's actually happening. But then they just, like, kill everybody who's, like, even a little bit involved with that part of the movie. So, like, that part's over. We killed the guy who was even interested in that. Doesn't matter anymore. Big, big monster. Go. It's like, okay, I guess we're switching what we're doing now. They talk to Ken Watanabe and they're like, who do you want on your team? And he points at Brian Cranston as being loaded into. Yeah. And he points to <laughs> a dead guy and he goes, that one. And you're like, okay, so like probably, but why would they write that in if he's just going to die? And he doesn't yeah, even he, make it to the hospital. Yeah. He goes and he points to an urn and he goes, that's who yeah. I want on my team. And he doesn't say a damn word either. Like nothing no. like the echolocation. The, it's Bio the lizard boy. Like nothing. He just, he's like. Sorry, I wasn't a very good dad. <laughs> Bye. Um, but later. And I do like I do like the kind of switcheroo they do at the very beginning of like the oh, we're in Japan and there's a big nuclear power plant and there's something waking up. What do you think it's gonna be in this god movie? Huh? And then the thing wakes up and it's another fucking alien or whatever and they're like, hey, gotcha, idiot. You <laughs> thought it was Godzilla? <laughs> no, it's this weird thing. And because I think what I was thinking about when I was watching this movie is that structurally it has some similarities to Infinity War, I think, because Mm. sort of like if you look at sort of not even that, like if you look at sort of (laughs) Godzilla and Thanos as similar or even maybe the, the Mudos, but it's like, okay, so there's this force that's trying to like do some shit. And the movie, for the most part, is about the good guys you know, really putting in the work and trying to figure out some kind of plan to deal with it. And then the third act rolls around and none of them work, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. the the guy we're trying to stop just does his own thing regardless. There was nothing any of us could have done about it the whole time, you know? And I'm trying to think about what makes Infinity War a satisfying subversion of your expectations and what makes this an infuriating... <laughs> Well, because at one point, you know? Godzilla dies and then stands back up again, so. <laughs> yeah, I think There's a lot the- of it is the way they're trying isn't, like, to their full capacity. Like, right. in Infinity War, they're legit doing everything they could possibly be doing. And in this movie, we can be like, hey, don't keep trying to use nuclear weapons. Why are you shooting bullets <laughs> at this huge... Still, monster why are you still like, doing that it's like shooting it it's like shooting a wall there's nothing nothing's right. gonna happen what if wait so what if I, we got on the I, golden gate bridge and tried that same thing yeah we just shoot him with bullets yeah i don't know that's what i think i think that like if they had come up with solutions that felt like they leg- or like didn't already tell us like they they feed on on radiation it's like if we found that out at the same time as they did i think it would be a lot more satisfying like and it would feed into that like why is like when man is messing with nature then there's consequences because oh we'll use these man-made weapons that should be super destructive but they backfired on us that's what i think would have helped right if they didn't already know and it's also it's, like their plan changes like five times. It never feel there's never like stakes of like this is the plan. It has to work or we're screwed. There right. was like, okay, we have a bomb and it'll lure them, then we'll blow them up and then we'll blow them up. Uh, actually, the bomb's somewhere else now. Um, uh, whoops, actually, no, it's different. We gotta turn it off now. Um, actually, we're just gonna let <laughs> do it. Like they changed the plan like five times in the third act, and it just like breaks all stakes attached to like this plan has to work because it's like well we'll just change it a fucking again. We've already changed it five times. Right. <laughs> and I think I don't know. I think I like this movie better than you guys do. It sounds like because yeah, I, I am very. Like it. I'm very won over by just the Gareth Edwards of it all. Like, all those (laughs) moments. Like, the moment where they're in the airport and you've got that big, like, full, like, wall window and you just see God's foot, Mm -hmm. like, come down and it, like, takes up the entire wall. And, I mean, like, obviously, like, the money shot. The jet fuel. The jet fuel shit. And, like, the money shot of this whole movie is that moment where God roars 
and they just yeah. hold on it for like so much longer than you think they're going to and you're like oh my god it's so like visceral when yeah, like that shot cool. you know what i mean and there is well, so like... many moments in this movie that just give me that like purest like blockbuster like elevated heart rate like excitement at just the fucking scale of what i'm seeing you know yeah scale and <laughs> which is a movie that not which is something that like not a lot of movies could pull off and it's just that which is you know honestly kind of how i feel about king of the monsters also i definitely like this movie better than i like king of the monsters but king of the monsters has some of that same shit like it's really well directed and the special effects stuff is really well thought out to be like as kick-ass as possible and it really works a lot of the time it's just that, like, the rest of the movie around it just doesn't pan out in a way that I like at all, really. Yeah. I think, like, all of the parts that include not just Lizard Boy, but the the Mewtwo's. <laughs> the Mewtwo's? Thank you. I like Mewtwo's. Yeah, Mewtwo. Mewtwo. They're clones yeah. of each other. I think that they are clones. I Like, all of that stuff, I don't mind that Godzilla is in it less than they are. I think that it's cool, and I think that... It does set up, like, these are the ones that are threatening to us, and God is kind of just minding his own business, so we're not really, like, super worried about him, but we know that he's a threat, potentially. But all of the, like, Aaron Taylor Johnson, whatever his character's name, oh, Ford, which I don't like as a first name. I think that's a weird yeah. pick, but... Mr. Yeah. Temporal Pincer Movement himself. <laughs> he's like, hey, my dad is... I just got back from the war... And I'm going to spend some time with my family. Just kidding. My dad is in Japan. Apparently, he left and went back or something. And he had a nervous breakdown. He's looking for why his wife died, which is a whole thing. And then, like, is just trying to get back to San Francisco instead of, like, having agency and trying to fix the giant monster problem. Like, his directive is, I got to get back home to my family and not, like, oh, I have been tasked to help with saving humanity right. from dying and i'm gonna do that it almost feels then, like the joss whedon thing in like both of the avengers movies and justice league where he's like okay so we've got this big fucking superhero battle that's like big and large scale and like buildings are blowing up but my signature move is i'm gonna pick like a, a mom and a child in the in the crowd to, like, focus on and cut mm -hmm. back to every once in a while to, like, ground it and give it some stakes, right? Like, Joss Whedon pulls that move yeah. all the time. It's a pretty good move. a lot. But, it's a good move. Mm -hmm. but the he thing, does it a lot, though. The thing about it is that it requires absolutely no setup. This movie feels like if most of Avengers was, like, setting up the, the family dynamics of that woman and her son from Avengers, you know? And it's, yeah. like... I don't think that or the beat you're Avengers... trying to execute requires as much setup as you are giving it, you know? Or it's like if Avengers uh, had Thor literally meeting Thanos up at every single Infinity Stone. And he <laughs> right. was like, crazy seeing you here again. Right, <laughs> so yeah. Weird. This is so weird. Which, also, uh, do connecting flights from Japan to San Francisco land in Hawaii? Just sure. in real life. It sounds right, right? Like ge I thought geographically. that it was more of a direct thing. Yeah, I, I just wasn't just sure. Hawaii's kind of on I the was way, right? I know, but I just, I was confused that he was in Hawaii. I was like. <laughs> right. Because well, also there's still Hawaii a little. Because he's male protagonist and we need him to be. I know, yeah, but then yeah. they also, then why did they include a Japanese family that didn't speak English? Right. That yeah. is that is so that was so confusing to me. I think the idea also, was that they we were like to on use the same their son for was. cute points and then we were going to move on. Yeah, but like meh. There's I just don't think that they needed to include that and then it's weird that he can't speak English for I don't know. I don't know. That was just a it was an interesting choice. That little boy and then he <laughs> Just ran off with his yeah, parents. Yeah, little boy serves no purpose for anything besides just like the immediate Other than stakes like, of like there's a little boy here. Yeah, like you could have just relied on like we'd have empathy for the main character, but like a little more empathy for this young boy. Right. This poor little boy. Something else I but have. But then written the train down, falls. 
something else. When the train falls and the people are sliding out, those people don't matter because they are not a little boy or the protagonist. No, just a little boy. They they do die though. Something else I have written down in my notes is that uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson looks like if Elijah Wood played football. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Jock Elijah. Yeah, like a more jocular Elijah Wood. Yeah, like if Elijah Wood like got a little bit taller and worked out a little and bit more. And was just like wider. Yeah. That's funny. That's true. Aaron Taylor Jones is a pretty <laughs> I think that's wide funny. guy. Usually like Hollywood leading men aren't as wide as Aaron Taylor Johnson is. See, it's with the discussion of the Avengers way of doing it that we could have had this film the exact same way but then just be like cutting back to Ford and reaction shots and just, like, kind of following, like, this one soldier as he, like, goes to, like, fight God. Right. That would have been interesting. But that would be the movie relying on me being able to discern white military men from each other. And I cannot do that. Especially if it's dark and grimy. He could be... 12 separate different men and I would never (laughs) know the difference between them. You want to know something I, I do like, like about had... this movie is I like that uh, Brian Cranston gets to make a real just gets to make a fucking meal out of being like my wife is in there. I'll always love that. My wife is yeah. dead. Yeah, exactly. I On my lost birthday. my wife. It's so fucking good. They... Oh yeah, it's his birthday. It's his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know how we always say thank God nine eleven wasn't on Christmas. Yeah. Well, really hope that my wife doesn't die, die on my, my birthday. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God my wife didn't die in a nuclear catastrophic event on my birthday. <laughs> on my birthday. Happy I do birthday like Brian Cranston. I don't I don't mind that he dies. But I feel like they could have cuz he's like an engineer or whatever. I feel like they could have just used him a little more in the role that they wrote for him. Yeah. Instead of him being like I learned about echolocation. <laughs> I don't. Like, I don't. No, there are scientists who know cost of Godzilla and war, and is uh, people just die in real life. So why yeah, shouldn't they just, just die like, in movies? Yeah, yeah, but just like give his character something else to do that is <laughs> meaningful. Right. That's all. No, Keisha. Everything in real life is meaningless. <laughs> why did should movies mm. have any meaning? Listen, that's true. Dialogue sucks in real life. Why should it be good in movies? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Actually, I rescind my statement. Yeah. I think that, like, I don't know. I, I am just not especially compelled by Brian Cranston in this movie. I I don't know what Ooh. it is. Like, obviously, Brian Cranston is great. But something about his performance in this movie just feels bigger and weirder than everything else around him in a subtle kind of way that just makes Which him not totally Which is funny in a kaiju movie. Yeah. That he feels bigger and weirder. Uh, oh, here's something else I wrote he down. He is the kaiju all along. This movie plays, like, just this little subtle bit a few times where it's, like, people, like, take a second to see the big fucking monster that's attacking them, you know? Yeah, they keep, they always stop. Well, what will happen, they'll be freaking out about the monsters and then God will like step in the frame and right. everybody just like stops and yeah. goes silent. Well, there's for like a, a lot of yeah, there's like a lot of people not seeing them immediately, which I think is a yeah. conscious mm-hmm. choice. I think it's sort of positing that like, hey, we're not looking for big fucking monsters in our day to day, and it's sort of not where our mind allocates attention in our field of view, <laughs> you know. So it's like maybe mm-hmm. in real life you wouldn't necessarily notice it or pick up on it as quickly as you would imagine you would, right? Which I sort of, mm-hmm. like, intellectually engage with as I'm watching this movie. But my base gut knee-jerk reaction when somebody does that in a movie is every time, why don't you see fucking Godzilla? There's Godzilla there, you know? <laughs> and I feel like that mm-hmm. is so much more important than whatever the intellectual thing is they're trying to say about that that piece yeah. of choreography. Or, like, just, you don't have to do it every single time, you know? Like, we got it. We'll get it. You, not every single character out of fight, flight, or freeze has to choose freeze, you know? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, I, you know, I've bugs. Got some. So here's a secret that I've been holding on to the whole time, guys, is that um, <gasps> I actually purchased this copy of God at a garage sale, 
And halfway through the video, it got really weird. Like, God just, like, free froze halfway through the frame. And, like, his eyes got all black. And then he, like, oh, said God. my name. And then I turned it off. But then God <laughs> was still on the screen. And then I unplugged the TV. And it was still on the screen. And then I went to go talk to my mom about it. And then it was still on the screen. And then my mom was dead. Anyway, welcome I'm, to Creepypasta Book Club. I've got some. I would I've just like some. to say really quick that I feel really dumb because I was going to say, like, I thought that you rented it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have to talk about how to stream Godzilla? <laughs> <laughs> just for the first bit. <laughs> All right. Are you going to send me a Creepypasta to read? Yeah, I'm going to send you a Creepypasta. So I found a few. The, the the struggle with creepypastas, I'm kind of experimenting with, like, how to, like, find the best creepypastas, especially for this segment. But, because there's long ones, and we kind of need short ones, and blah, 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 blah. But so I just kind of, like, Googled, like, the worst creepypastas to see if anyone had, like, made a list that I can kind of, like, pick through. But all I found was this stupid article that was, like, the worst creepypasta. Jeff the Killer. It's popular, and it sucks. And it's like, okay, you're not, <laughs> you're not what I need. But I think, hmm, I've got one that's kind of, I, don't, I, I, I gotta choose one, because there's one that I, like, kind of read the first sentence for, and I think will probably good, and then I have one that's kind of short and stupid, but not also not very scary. <laughs> okay, so okay. somebody pick a number between one and three. One. Two. You know, we'll we'll go we'll go with uh, two because this see this seems like a proper creepy pasta. Whatever, fuck the you too. Then seems maybe a little yeah, a little less than traditional. I'll save that for next time. Okay. Number fuck two, you. you gotta send it to me. I'm just so gonna I can put it. it yeah, I'm just gonna put it in the Discord. Oh wait, no, not not the Discord. Your Discord. Discord message you. Okay. There Discord. we go. I'm so excited. I hope that it's the one where Mickey Mouse is inverted or whatever. Abandoned by Disney, that one. Oh, I read that like, one. I did read that one. Inverted. And like, it was, it was it like, scary. It wasn't funny enough. It was like, it was just like kind of like mediocre. It's dumb. It's like Mickey Mouse. It's like this person who's like going into Disneyland, sneaks in, and they, they go into the They highlight the racism of Disneyland only. for like 12 minutes, but not like the actual racism, like made up racism in this fictitious story yeah. that they made. It's weird. And then, it's like, this guy finds a suit of Mickey Mouse, but all the colors are inverted, so, like, his pants are blue and his fur is white. And, and then, then he takes it, off the head yeah, he's like, like you blood. He's like, you want to see me take off my head? And then, and then he, has, and then he <laughs> and does. Then, but then when scary. he goes past the sign, it says abandoned by God instead of abandoned Ooh. by Disney. <laughs> anyway, let's read another okay. one. Give me just a <laughs> second a here. Uh, let me just... Okay. <clears throat> I have not read through this whole creepypasta, so this does not reflect any... Okay. <laughs> this does not reflect the show. <clears throat> uh, by the way, somebody on Twitch chat is asking us what our top 26 favorite Motley Crue songs are in alphabetical order, uh, to which I would say, I want to play along... One. Disturbia. I'm struggling to two. think of the title of even a single Motley Crue song. Yeah, me, same boat, same hat. Uh, but anyway, allow me to continue with our regularly scheduled program. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm Nina Rodriguez. I'm a police officer. Have been for a good seven years. In my time in the force, I have seen some pretty... Pretty fucked up shit, to say the least. Oh. Crazed druggies, abusive parents, and even a few calls for help from the suicides. But none of those could ever hope to compare to an emergency call I'd taken last month. I now abhor taking emergency calls, not because of the overworried people calling about every little squeak in their house, the noise complaints. I still work as a 911 <laughs> operator, despite me not wanting to do it anymore. Or even the occasional <laughs> prank call. Though those could get pretty annoying. No, the worst thing about taking an emergency call is knowing that I had to sit on the other side of a phone, and no matter how much I hoped or how fast a squad car could get there, I had absolutely no power over the situation. Excuse me, I had to burp. Okay. <laughs> That's part of it. It's in the script. 
the following. I'm sorry, I burned. <laughs> <laughs> the following is unfortunately this situation, Colin. What? <laughs> what yeah, else would you know, it be? When... What I'm about to say is what I'm about to say. <laughs> Anyway, I wanted to tell you a story about when someone called in and their cat was stuck in a tree. Uh, Jackson, this is English 101. You tell them what it's going to be in the intro and then you tell them again. All right, all right. (laughs) The day was like any other, monotonous in its predictability. God, this person is so smart. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, monotonous and predictability in one sentence? Hello. It was a Wednesday night and the end of my shift was still a ways off. Don't get me wrong, I love being a police officer, but I didn't sign up to be a secretary. Oh, I sighed. Oh, cool sexism. I sighed and flipped through the files Nina on my desk. Nina isn't like other girls. I flipped through the files she's on my desk. She's a police officer, so she's worse. <laughs> I flipped through the files on my desk, absentmindedly scanning through the different reports from earlier that day. Though was nothing of dire importance. No hit-and-runs, robberies, or violence. Life in the country didn't require as much police attention as, say, any of the major cities. My phone rang on the corner of my desk. Name a single major city. (laughs) For a dollar, name a city. (laughs) (laughs) Billy Eichner. Okay. My phone. Anyway, it's slow in the country. My phone rang on the corner of my desk, waking me from my thoughts. 991, what's your emergency? I said in a monochrome tone. <laughs> monochrome! <laughs> Please, I need your help. A small feminine voice. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Please, I need your help. A small feminine voice answered. I leaned forward. Yes, what's the emergency, ma'am? I repeated, preparing my pen and pad. There's someone outside my house. He's just standing there. She answered, sounding frightened. This was not entirely unusual situation. There have been several different cases filed for crazy stalkers. Little known fact. That's true. At least a several. That those are the those are the uh, the, the like terms of the trade. Crazy stalkers. <laughs> now stay calm. Everything's going to be all right. I said in my most convincing and gentle voice. I then continued with the standard questions. How long has he been there, ma'am? I don't know. I just looked out the window a while ago, and he was just standing there. He just appeared there a little while after I got after it got dark. That was about an hour ago. He hasn't moved an inch or ever stopped looking at me. I stopped writing. Wait, how long has he been there? <laughs> I stopped hour, writing. An hour. <laughs> this was getting a little strange. A person just standing in one place, never moving or even looking away. <laughs> Whoever this was, I had a feeling that they could be very dangerous. Okay, ma'am, we'll send an officer. What's your name and street address? Elizabeth Treville, 1465 Wellington Road. With a hum, Sorry, I wrote down the somebody, address. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's the real address. <laughs> With a hum, Please I wrote down... Please don't stalk them. <laughs> yeah. With a hum, You're I wrote down... You're going to be the crazy stalker. <laughs> ...down the address and gave it to an officer on standby, and he went on his way there. Okay, ma'am, we're sending a cruiser now. I could hear an audible sigh of relief. In the meantime, I began, can you try to describe the man to me? Do you know him? I asked, identifying the perp. I asked, identifying the perp and making sure she was safe were the most important <laughs> things at this time. Well, <laughs> I definitely don't know him or anybody with that body type. It's a weird thing to say. <laughs> you don't know anyone? I don't know anybody <laughs> very that fat. God. He's, he's tall, very tall, pale and skinny, almost... <gasps> emaciated looking and he's naked i think but it's he's too far away to tell if he's naked whatever okay <laughs> okay can you see maybe his face? it's wonder woman yeah it could be okay can you see his face describe it for me no it's too dark to see his face and i don't know how to describe it but i know he's definitely looking at me and has been the she whole time he's black. here jack said he doesn't have a fit yeah she doesn't want I to don't say see black. race <laughs> I don't know what he is. I don't know. <laughs> no, I can't. Don't ask me to. <laughs> Are all your doors locked, I asked. I think my back door is still unlocked. I'll go lock it real quick. Okay, I'll stay on the line. I heard her walk around and the familiar resonant click of a deadbolt lock could be heard. New. She didn't bring the phone with her for some reason. <laughs> New chapter. It's a landline. <clears throat> 
for some reason they've chosen to split it up into two parts and this is the point where they yeah, split it. Yeah, just to be clear, this is like a one-page story. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it just came out two two times. There was a little oh, like to a wait for the, the to be continued. <laughs> Who's this naked man gonna be? Okay. Is this Slender Man? <laughs> okay, I am back. Now everything's locked and he's... She trailed off. What is it, ma'am? I asked. Ma'am? I grew more and more uncomfortable in the silence. The quiet seemed to last forever, until she spoke again, in a more hushed tone than before. He's closer now. Before he was just at the edge of my woods, tens of yards away. But now, he's only half that. Well, it's important that you stay calm. Now, can you see any of his features? (laughs) (laughs) Now, can, can you see any of his features now that he's closer? Yeah, it's weird. He is naked, but I cannot see any genitals or hair or, well any defining features it's like he's wearing some skin tight suit i still cannot really Maybe see he his is face. wearing a skin tight suit <laughs> i still cannot really see his face but i can tell it's deformed in some way maybe this person's had a brooklyn accent this whole time but i can tell it's deformed <laughs> no, in some way i can way. tell it's deformed some way <laughs> he's still staring at me it's so unnerving okay ma'am i'm going to need to f- i'm going to need you to find a safe place and lock yourself in case anything goes wrong Lock yourself, whatever. Lock yourself. <laughs> Jackson, that's scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. <laughs> I said as I said uh, calmly as possible, trying not to scare her any farther. Yeah, yeah farther okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't scare her farther. farther. <laughs> yeah, okay. My bedroom door has a lock, and so does my bat. She trailed off once more, and I could hear a small whimper. Ma'am, is everything all right? He's closer. Her voice was so quiet that if I was not listening so intently, I could have missed it. Ma'am? I asked again. How many times did she if, just go, If I wasn't listening, I couldn't hear her. <laughs> How many times did she just go, Ma'am? Ma'am? <laughs> Lady? He's so much closer. Hello? I just absentmindedly looked at my bathroom for a second, and then he cleared the almost 30 yards from where he was to the house. But at least now I can make out his... Oh, God. Ma'am? Still my no voice genitals. came out. My voice He's came. got a big dick. <laughs> well, he does have genitals. They're just really tiny. <laughs> His face is really tiny, too. <laughs> Ma'am, my voice came out in a small peep. I was on the edge of my chair. Oh, God, his Me- face. I can see his face. It's pressed up against the window. It's awful. It's... <laughs> <laughs> His eyes are so his large, tiny face. like black pool balls bulging out of his head. He has this smile that goes from ear to ear, or where his ears should be. She let out a sob. I needed to stop her from getting hysterical over whatever it was on the other side of her window. Ma'am. How could she not have told that? The, wait, she just described his large features. How could she not have seen them from far away? Not sure. <laughs> Ma'am, you're going to need to go to that safe place now, I said, regaining my commanding voice. No reply. Your mind powers. Ma'am? 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 I was interrupted. Help me, her voice begged through the speaker of the phone and was soon followed by the sound of breaking glass. The phone clattered to the floor with the clack of hollow plastic. She let out a loud shriek. She said various pleas, begging to be let go, but to no avail. Her screams trailed away, sounding more and more far off until I could not hear her anymore. Nothing but silence because followed. Because I wasn't listening. And time seemed to slow to a crawl. I did not know how long I sat there waiting for something. Anything. I also did not realize how tightly I was holding into the phone. Not until I heard the sirens of a police car and hung up. That was the squad car I had sent out not 15 minutes ago. End of story. What? What? So we don't even what get to flippin' no really with the flippin' no genitals flippin' man. <laughs> what the flip? So many of these, Boo. it seems so like, are just like, oh, uh, I'm just a guy, but one time there was a monster. It's like, that's it? Yeah. And you're like, that's not a story. Yeah, See, they I do could like have at hear- least. I don't want to be completely negative because obviously this is like a thirteen-year-old. But I mean, the concept of like an emergency person on the other line of a phone while like something scary happens and they can't do anything about it—that's right. a very good idea. Mm-hmm. Like, kudos for that idea. Executed <laughs> poorly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Nothing yeah. happens in it. 
It's yeah, just like, it's just the, I don't know. I wouldn't feel comfortable. There's a man in the woods. Like he leaves sticks in your basement. There's a guy and he doesn't have any genitals. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. Anyone looking into my window, anyone looking at me, that's a, that's a horror story. I'm well, gonna they write better a have pasta. genitals. That's for sure. <laughs> they do have my genitals it's all over. Was when I went to the grocery store today and I boldly decided I wasn't going to take a shower before. And I was like, oh, God, I forgot people could see me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to so be crazy. perceived. <laughs> it was bad. That's my New York horror story. <laughs> okay, what do you say? A, a, a major city. <laughs> what do you say <laughs> oh, we yeah. wrap up our gut <laughs> talk and transition into WandaVision? What are, what's the final judgment on, on Gojira? Do I have to bleep out Gojira? Uh, no, I think Gojira is okay. fine. Only, only in some countries. <laughs> yeah, see, if we release this to Japan, then, then I'll, you have I'll bleep to, out Gojira. but we're good. Okay. My but final let's go, thought... Let's get in Spanish. I don't know. Um, uh, sp- Somebody else do Vazia? I don't have my phone Kesa in front grande. of me. <laughs> it just be Godzilla, because two L's makes Godzilla. a Y. Anyway. Oh, true. <laughs> I don't know if I ha- I don't know if we can say Godzilla. Do I have to bleep that out? The bit doesn't work if I have that to bleep it like out. That sounds like someone mispronouncing my name a little bit. <laughs> Godzilla? Godzilla. Uh, okay, final thoughts. Final judgment on Gojira. It's really boring, and it's, like, like there's some really good, like, visually interesting ideas that go to play, but the majority of the movie is just, like, dark, and God is not even in it. Here's my final thought. I... It is basically my same, the same way I felt about uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, is I like the parts with the CGI animals, and I didn't really like the humans. <laughs> I like the parts that are good, and the other parts <laughs> I don't like as much. <laughs> that's what you're saying. Yep, that messes up. Uh, I okay. I did fail to mention that I think the moment at the end where Godzilla grabs the monster and like pries its jaws open and breathes nuclear fire down its throat is the sickest oh shit that anybody has ever it. put in a movie. Oh, that is so. Yes. It's so good. He's like a ATJ is about to just get just chomped to death, <laughs> and he breathes fire so much down. That guy's throat, that he his head comes off. That is that is a good way to end a movie. It's that is good. you're right. And I like it's, the hard it's, cut it's to the credits cool. when God walks into the ocean. I think that's pretty good too. Yeah, that's good a good too. end. I like it's how everybody movie. claps and applauds for God right. as he walks into the yeah, ocean. If he's I their, am, he's their good boy. If I am King to boy. compare this to the sequel, King of the Monsters, I think that they are similar in terms of how much I like them. But the thing about King of the Monsters... good evolution montages. The thing about King of the Monsters is that it's like, what if uh, it was like kind of about climate change too? And you're like, oh, sick. Does it have like an interesting take on the whole idea or like have any meaningful commentary on on climate change? It's like, no. What if we fixed climate change? (laughs) It's more like, what if uh, it was just a Godzilla movie, but we made you think about climate change the whole time and didn't really have anything useful to say about it? What to if which I would say, Godzilla was just yeah. angry no. about climate change, and then we fixed climate change. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, this movie was kind anymore? of like this movie was like, hey, you remember when America bombed Japan? That, that wasn't was pretty cool. fucked up. That was bad, and that's yeah. like the most thinking that they were asking you to do. Yeah. they're like, hey, yeah. did you think that bombing Japan was okay? <laughs> and if you say you no, shouldn't. then they're like, well, I was kind of hoping you'd say yes. Because the rest of the movie is kind of like, don't you think it's actually bad that we did that? Right. <laughs> yeah, I of, do. I totally agree. You think about right. it. Because yeah, I think the King of the Monsters kicks approximately the same amount of ass as this first movie does. It's just the King of the Monsters is so like dour and sad the whole time. It just feels like so much more of a deal breaker, you know? Yeah, it's really fair. Mm-hmm. Um. Because this isn't quite as dour. It's intense, and it's kind of scary, and it's, like, big, like, disaster stuff, and you're like, oh, man, this is, like, pretty fucked up. It's wild. Look at all the people who are it's probably dying. It's pretty fucked up if you think about but it. But it's not, not <laughs> quite, it's not quite as, as down in the dumps <laughs> as, as King of the Lost. Yeah, it's not, it's not being a big Debbie Downer about it. Uh, 
So anyway, that being a Millie Bobby. Speaking downer. of Debbie <laughs> Bobby Browners. Sammy says a Millie Bobby Browner. Okay. So let's okay. We're gonna do Wandavision talk now, yeah, because it's over now. Yeah. We've done it. Yeah. We've seen if the whole thing. If you haven't watched Wandavision, get your ass out of here. Yeah. Ian, get out of here. You haven't watched it's, it yet. Oh, oh, it's so good. Go watch it right now. I don't know why you haven't watched it yet. Because I do. I do. I think that finale rules. We are probably gonna like, do the it, thing. Well, like, give everybody like five seconds to like pause. Well, right. like But I'll just yeah, say. Spoiler alert: fun. the finale rules. I'll just say right now that. We're probably going to do a lot of the thing we do sometimes where it's like, we really like this thing, but we're definitely going to spend more time talking about what we didn't like about it, just because that's how we synthesize this kind of thing. Please, yeah, just like preface, this is one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. Maybe not that, but it's one of my, it's like, (laughs) I, I love it. I love it so much. I literally can't fall asleep. Now it's over. But like, I... Would just wait until it was midnight and I'd watch it then because I like it that much and I don't even stay up at at night anymore. I'm right. an old lady now, but I stay <laughs> up for WandaVision. So here's, if we'll start with the with the lemon, my biggest criticism <laughs> of the whole show is that I don't, I never once cared about all the Monica stuff. Something about her character just completely goes in one ear and out the other for me. Like, it is hard for me to form any sort of attachment to that whole B-plot of hers. Am I... I liked her. Do you guys feel the same way? I think they spent... They handled her weird, because she wasn't really a character to, like, three episodes in. And, like, the thing, it was, like, it was weird. She didn't know her name till she touched Wanda. And you're like, oh, like, what's going on with this person? And then she was, like, actually, like, a character, you know, when she gets shoved out of the universe. It's like, oh, she actually knows what's going on. So I think she was a really cool tool to like first establish. They're like, oh, something's kind of something's kind of weird here, you know. Right. And like I liked her as like the the only person on the outside that has her back. I really liked that. But I feel like as soon as she went back in to the bubble to like I'm going to fix it now. Like I feel like I kind of like lost like what her character was about, kind of right. like. Yeah. We needed to we need to make military guy the like big bad for like for realsies. Right. So we needed them to like we had to lose all nuance with him so that we could have nuance with Wanda. So like she was like, I'm the good one and he's the bad one and now I'm gonna fix it. You know, that's right. kinda where they lost me. I guess I just think and that I, well I, I do in, Oh no, you go. Okay, I'll I will go, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that like in the MCU where it is now. If you're going to introduce a new superhero, you need a really fucking good hook, you know? If, yeah. If you're going to, we have so many people and so many roles have already been filled. If you want to add a new guy into it, there needs to be a reason. Like, what what, what hole do they fill in the narrative of this broader thing? Mm-hmm. In what way is this yeah, new or interesting feel- or have we not seen this before? And I cannot think of a single, yeah. like, justification in that sense for the whole, like, Monica Rambo spectrum thing. Which yeah, is not well, to say her, that like, that character look... shouldn't ever show up, but I just think that this particular version doesn't really have anything going for it besides it's just like, here's well, another I think superhero. Her hook, unfortunately, is the fact that she's a black woman and we want to see that representation in our superhero films, so that's how we get here. But yeah, like, as. A superhero, she doesn't have a hook other than, uh, something kind of weird's going on with her. And right. And it's like, it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think, like, I, I like how her, like, her driving force is that she has empathy and understanding for, like, the grief that Wanda is going through. Especially since, like, she's going through the exact same thing where she didn't even know that her mom died and, like, has to come and grapple with that. Mm-hmm. while she's, like, trying to get back to work and do her own thing. And I think that's really interesting and captivating. But I yeah, think that it, was they, just got, they just got, like, really lazy about, like, well, she we need to give her powers, so here's how she'll get them. Just going in and out of this spell, I guess. And, sure. And then, like, 
The tw- and then they didn't give her anything to do. No, like not at she all. went in and talked to Wanda one time, and Wanda was like, "Get out of my house," <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, fair. And then Evan Peters captures her. I'm not calling him Pietro because that's disrespectful at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, they're hanging out in his man cave, and then she like tackles him one time. <laughs> they don't even fight, even though they both have powers. Right. She rips his necklace off, and that's and then she goes and sees Wanda's kids. And she gets shot a few times, and they're like, isn't that weird that I am bulletproof? But it didn't. They, she didn't need to do that because both of those kids had the ability to stop to those, bullets those bullets from hurting them. One of them does. He still does <laughs> so, do yes. it. Yeah. So, like, the showcasing of her powers is nothing. And then they're like, ooh, there's a little, little mid-credit teaser. Can you believe that Monica Rambeau is going to go work with the Skrulls and Captain Marvel? Yes, yes, yeah, I can. Some kind of thing. Those are the, yeah, those are the those movies are, that she originated this from. This is a so teaser for a TV not... show that a seventy-five-year-old Samuel L. Yeah. Jackson is going to star in in three years. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, or like the next rest. Captain Marvel movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was on vacation in the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. He's resting. Uh, <laughs> not in real life. Not Samuel L. Jackson. He was still working pretty. Hard. Yeah, he was still working. <laughs> but okay, to to give back into the positives because we do like it a lot. Is that fucking catch me just sobbing at my computer? God, I think the two so fucking sad. The two visions fighting and like stopping to just like have a logical debate is like maybe like Slaps. one of my like top five MCU moments ever. <laughs> like something oh, about so that good. Is really hit good. so good. It's so good. And like because you know <laughs> the best one of the best scenes in Age of Ultron is that moment where like Ultron and Vision are like talking in the woods afterwards being like what's the deal with yeah. humans? It kind of has like that same energy of like two robots talking to each other trying to figure shit out in a way that I love. I think that is so yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. That was like my <laughs> biggest like, yeah. moment where I was like, I could barely keep it together. I was like, this rules so much. I love this very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, God, that scene so of Ultron good. and Vision talking is so fucking good because he's like, you're unbearably naive. He's like, I don't think so. He's kind of having that reverse conversation yeah. with himself. Right. Because what they do in Age of Ultron that's like kind of played for a joke, but also kind of cool is that they kind of play off the idea of like Ultron and Vision, like kind of being the same, different sides of the same coin, like, both kind of coming from Tony Stark's ego, like, that kind of thing, like, wanting right. control and power, and Vision's like, uh, oh, I think, I think feeling and emotions are better than control and power, and now with himself, you have, like, this version of him that's just like, I got a job to do, I'm gonna do it, punch, 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 and he's like, well, I got emotions and feelings, so let's, let's yeah. work it out, you know? Or, like, what makes him special and, like, not just a weapon to be controlled is that they, like, gave him empathy and, like, this compassion yeah, he has humanity. a mind a part of a mind the mind is the soul so like yeah. the freaking it's so cool when he's when like even though he's still being controlled white vision is he's like they did this to me on purpose they took away my memory so that i i they can just control me right and he makes a decision that he wants his memory like, it's so good he basically so cool. he basically red pills that other vision he really does <laughs> yeah it's so but good he, yeah because he's He's the only missing piece of that vision. The frigate is so good. Oh yeah, but God. what's so cool now is now that white vision that just goes off. We don't know what happens yeah. to him. He's just kind of like, not yeah, sure vision by. which is fine because I know we're going to see him another time. I do wish yeah. they would have given us like some idea where he went, but it's fine. It's fine. It's one of those yeah. things. I can that, understand like... why. Go ahead, Keisha. I mean, just because if he'd stayed there like any longer and It'd he would have just been like, Wanda, it's me. Like I remember everything, and I have. Well, but he remembers for you. everything, but without all the emotional context. So right. it's like he knows, but oh, he doesn't. That's know, kind of you know? yeah. That's true. Molly just got to go on his little vision quest. Because yeah, not to <gasps> be the solo. <laughs> <laughs> not to be the like well in the comics guy, but this whole mm-hmm. like, But you are that guy, yeah. and you're wearing a shirt right now that says well in the comics. <laughs> but in yeah. in the comics, the whole idea of that like white vision is like at one point vision like was in a horrible accident or whatever and so they had to like rebuild him but he's sort of like wiped fresh and clean and he's sort of more of a robot than the vision ever was like he's he, he's they sort of behave like yeah. vulcans they like don't they're still like kind of people that you can talk to but they don't like have emotions quote unquote um yeah like some yeah but missing. like all this which is like say. the conflict is like oh my husband like you're not really the vision you're kind of 
Like, in a literal sense, you are, but, like, are you really? That's, like, sort of what they're doing in those Great Lakes Avengers yeah. comics. Um, mm-hmm. Which, wondering if but we'll like have time for anything like that other. any other time when Vision shows up, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think that he'll, I think we'll see him in the in the multiverse of madness. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, we're That's definitely going to see the Scarlet Witch, because we talked yeah, about yeah. the Sorcerer yeah. Supreme. So, like, she's and also just like defo. Elizabeth Olsen has been saying, hey, I'm in London filming Doctor Strange. No, yeah, that was, like, <laughs> yeah, when they Olsen. announced multiverse yeah. of madness, they were like, hey, Scarlet Witch is going to be in this one. People were, like, sick. So that's not, it's not really, like, a reveal. I'm pretty, but yeah, yeah. I do exciting. really like the Scarlet Witch costume. I, I think it's don't cool. Really, like, I didn't really like you it You don't at all. like it? I, I like think it. it's cool. I think it's a cool amount of coverage for a female superhero costume. I think that's great about it. I like the, like, leather accents, like, with, like, the neckline and, like, the crown. I don't know. I think it's cool. I like the big cape. I think it's cool. One of the weirdest things about the MCU to me is there are so many things where I'm just, like, where they're, like, setting up a... a continuing storyline you know because that's their signature move marvel loves to set up a continuing storyline at the end of a story and Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of times where you look at it and you're just like when though (laughs) like yeah you announce like all your shit for the next like three years and i'm looking at them and i'm like when are we going to have time to do more Vision and Scarlet Witch stuff? Like, when? Like, what's going on? I think Multiverse of Madness is just going to be four hours. It's going to be fucking (laughs) bonkers. And honestly, I'm okay with that. Because that's just what it looks like it's going to be. And I'm totally fine. I'm okay with it. Yeah, especially, like, post-pandemic world. Like, they're so far behind now, too. Like, almost a year's worth of time. Which is a lot in MCU years, especially now. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. good luck, Kevin. Because, yeah, that's what's so funny. I don't know if I said this on the podcast or not, but since they have so much stuff backlogged, because they're still working during the pandemic.